It is Friday, August 19th here at Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to another installment of our Team Insider Series. I'm your host, Matt Schaub. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. And today we have a true insider. And I don't mean that as a knock on any of our previous guests at all. But Randy Lang is a senior contributor for NewYorkJets.com. You can follow him on Twitter at rlang with an E, Jets. You just can't follow him into team headquarters, unfortunately. Randy, thanks very much for joining us this morning. Thanks for having me on, guys. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. And we have questions about this offense, which really over the past couple of years has gotten a lot more interesting. And I think for fantasy players, the most interesting thing right now is the backfield. So we've got Brees Hall, who arrived in the second round. Of course, Michael Carter is in his second season. These guys basically split the work evenly in the first preseason game. Is that what we should expect from this backfield in week one and then perhaps or likely beyond that throughout the season? I would say so. I mean, um, Brees Hall has certainly come in with credentials. Um, top running back drafted, uh, even though he went second round and had uh, some outstanding uh, career numbers at Iowa State. And so, uh, he, you know, he's got a great attitude. He's got the pedigree with, I think, Roger Craig as being uh, his uncle or something. And uh, so there's there's a lot of uh, great stuff going on with Brees. And, and Michael Carter is doing his thing. I mean, he's, he's a, a veteran. He's like a five-year veteran in a second year man's body. And, um, he's got great moves. He's got, uh, all of the skills you want, got a great attitude. So I, I would think that we'd see a split there because that's just kind of how teams are going these days. I mean, wh- whether you, I mean, how many bell cow backs are there left in the league? There's not a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, Curtis Martin, of course, was, was great for the jets. I knew Curtis well, and, loved watching his career unfold and uh you know uh, for the jets but uh you know since then even though you know like chris ivory i mean you know we go through the list but every year it seems like that top back gets a few fewer carries and a few fewer receptions and they spread it around a little more and the jets do have a very good running backs room to spread it around too i think do you think either of those guys will play more than the other in the passing game and that's kind of big for for fantasy production do you see you know is it going to be split there do you see one of them kind of emerging as the clear passing down back well you know yeah assuming ty johnson makes it he was the third down back last year and i imagine he would probably hold on to that role although i i don't know that but um I think, and and I th- I know Jet fans remember. I think it was the New Orleans game where he had three drops early on, and they were probably very upset about that. So mm-hmm. was Ty for that matter. But he's a better receiver than he showed in that game. I mean, he I think he had the best uh, per catch average among all backs in the league last year. It was like a ten eight or eleven or something. A very good average. He he's going to keep getting the ball if he stays around. Um, both Brees and and uh, Michael ha- have that capability. Um, I I didn't think they used Brees in the passing game quite as much um, in college as they could have. Uh, maybe I'm misreading that because I didn't watch uh, ISU games that closely. But you know, Michael uh, Carter definitely has shown that 
you know, you, you put him in the pattern, you give him the ball out in the flat or in, in the backfield. Um, he's going to put a move on and he's going to get some yak for you. And uh, so I, I don't know the answer to that, but I would think that Michael Carter definitely is going to retain a lot of that edge that he has in the passing game. And then you have Ty Johnson, you have Tevin Coleman is still around Tico uh, who also, except for last year, didn't show a whole lot is also a very good receiver traditionally. So you got a lot of guys who can do danger that can do damage with that ball in their hands out of the backfield. So Zach Wilson coming off the knee surgery now, when do you expect to see him cleared to play? You know, will it be week one? Will it be a few weeks into the season? And then, and then, you know, before this injury, how is, how is he progressing in training camp? Well, I don't know any more than you guys probably know, as far as uh, what Robert Sala said uh, regarding um, uh, Zach, but um I mean, I thought it was interesting that although Robert did not declare a timeline for Zach's comeback, he didn't rule out a week one comeback. Uh, he didn't rule it in. So uh, we're going to have to wait and see. I think it's all basically they want to see Zach as close to 100 percent as he can get. So if that means that he's going to miss the opener, then he might miss the opener and Joe Flacco will take over. Uh, but at some point early on, definitely, I, I would expect to see him. And, uh, you know, don't be surprised if he is the starter in week one, but don't be surprised if he isn't, I guess. Uh, that's a, a, how it's looking right now. Um, I thought Zach was having a good camp. He was, um, you know, he didn't have great days every day. Uh, but he had some, I, I think he certainly had better good days than he had bad days. And the bad days were pretty much on, you know, pass rush days, I think. And it's like, I think Jet fans have to be, you know, patient. I know they hear that a lot. Uh, but, um, you know, they got to be patient with this offense this summer because would you rather have um, Zach lighting it up every day with his players? Because that means uh, that the uh, defense is not coming around too well. So I'd rather have the defense win a few and Zach win a few. And, of course, Zach's not going to win any on the field uh, probably for the rest of uh, training camp. But uh, uh, I think he was having a very good camp. And uh, let's see him pick it up where he picked it up last year when he came back from that knee injury, uh, played, I think he beat Houston in that first game back. Uh, you know, he, he didn't light it up in the final seven games, but he did very well in protecting the ball. And I'd like to see him increase um, his um, accuracy, the percentage of completions, and um, some big plays. I want to I want to see those plays down the field, more touchdowns, and maintain that very low number of turnovers. So, Randy, most of us don't get the kind of insight into training camps that you do. When you say pass rush days, do you mean days that the pass rush was performing better, or is it a difference in what the coaches have them working on? Well, every day is scripted differently, and. Um, they it's it's traditional they hate going against each other because the mm -hmm. offense and the defense they all know each other's moves mm -hmm. and so if you don't change it up as a, a coordinator um what are you doing you're just sending these guys against each other every day doing the same things and you know i would think that that might get a little even older after a while than it does mm -hmm. now uh but i think some days it's definitely we're going to throw throw some things at you and see how you handle them um, let's say handling the pass rush and other days, uh, the offense may be, uh, uh, you know, on target for, um, situational days like, uh, heavy third down, heavy red zone, heavy two minute. And, uh, that's where I think the two minute drill, the, the offense has been, um, pretty, uh, impressive so far again in camp, um, 
But, um, you know, Zach has shown, uh, he showed last year, the one situational area that he was very good at and in the top 10 in the league was red zone and, and uh, goal to go. Uh, he had a very good passer rating. He had a very good touchdown percentage, although the percentage is, is high, but the number of touchdowns wasn't because they didn't get down there as much as they should have. So, you know, there's always a give and take there. But Zach playing very well in the red zone in this year's camp. Joe Flacco also. Uh, Mike White is, um, you know, he as as Robert Sala says, we we think we have three starters in, on the team in the, in the quarterback's room. Mike White did start and played a phenomenal game against the Bengals last year. So, you know, you got all these guys, um, you know, uh, trying to execute this offense to the best of their ability. Um, and um, I think Zach was doing a great job of that, uh, especially in, in those uh, situational uh, areas where they need to do a lot better, especially third down, let's say. Mm-hmm. So this wide receiver room is really interesting now. Um, in the preseason opener, it was Elijah Moore and Corey Davis as the top two guys. And then we saw Braxton Berrios uh, kind of as the number three. Garrett Wilson, I think, only played one or two snaps with the starters. Do you think it's going to be more Davis and then Berrios as the three to open the season? And then, you know, when do you expect Wilson to you know win one of those top three jobs? Well, I mean, uh Garrett Wilson has has received rave reviews from pretty much everybody. I think the entire Jets draft class seems to have done that. And uh, beginning when they from when they were picked, uh, I, I'm sure you guys uh, don't remember a draft uh, that the Jets got um, <laughs> applauded for quite like they were this past April and May. Uh, it, it was an outstanding draft. They they picked three of the top. Uh, first rounders and then they had a Brees hole in the second round. So I would expect to see Garrett Wilson soon. I don't think he's going to be held back. Uh, although his role may develop, I'm sure it will. Uh, but yeah, Corey Davis back from, uh, his core, uh, muscle injury that, um, you know, he had corrected in the off season and he, he is a good producer, although he, he struggled last year with the injuries. Uh, and Elijah Moore, I mean, you know, let's see what this kid can do in the second year. He's another one, uh, I, I don't know that he's similar to Michael Carter, but maybe in mentality he is. It's just all about, you know, I want to get better. I want to be one of the best. Um, tell me what I need to do here, and uh, then I'm going to go out and do it. And he was very good with uh, catching the ball and uh, the, the run after the catch and, uh, uh, you know, just elusiveness. I mean, it's all there for Elijah Moore. If you can combine that with, um, you know, with Davis – and with Garrett Wilson, and then with the tight ends they brought in, and we can talk about that, uh, the offense should be something that will, you know, light up the uh, scoreboard a little bit and get Jet fans feeling in a really good mood about what happens when Zach Wilson has the ball in his hands. Yeah, definitely a lot of weapons here. You mentioned the tight ends. I mean, the Jets made some big investments in that position this offseason. They signed Tyler Conklin. They signed C.J. Uzoma. And they draft Jeremy Rucker in round three. Um, I, my big question is here is, do you expect to see more two tight end sets from the Jets this season after making those investments? I suppose we could. I mean, it, it would make sense because both Uzama and um, Conklin are very good receivers. Both came off of career seasons, uh, you know, Conklin with Minnesota and um, Uzama with Cincinnati. And, um, there's probably more that where that came from. And that's not even factory in Rucker. And, uh, you know, I mean, uh, it's just, it's a very good tight end room now for, for uh, assisting in the passing game, as well as blocking in the running game, which 
Uh, obviously, tight ends have to do these days, most of them. And uh, so the, the thing I've been impressed with, I mean, Uzama is, is a bubbly guy. He's a real uh, fun guy to watch, listen to. But the early receiving that I've liked has been Conklin. Uh, you know, he had a really nice uh, singled up uh, kind of a, a slant over the middle uh, in the uh, green and white scrimmage for a touchdown from Zach. And um, he, he looks like he just he, he's a natural receiver. And I, I don't know that he's going to you know have more catches than Uzama. But that room with both of those guys going and Ruckert, um, you know, you, you got a chance to have. Uh, tight end receiving numbers that the Jets fans have not seen since what Dustin Keller. Uh, I don't know if we go back as far as Mickey Schuler, but you know the Keller era was was outstanding because Keller was so productive. Let's see that kind of production because that means that everybody on the offense will benefit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jared, it's like a great thing for the Jets, but a rough yeah. thing for fantasy players that they have so much talent at tight end. It might be tough for any one of those guys to emerge ahead of the others. So we we went around the offense, but now it's time for defense. Anybody who follows this series knows that I like to wrap it up with defense. And there are a couple of key questions for me, Randy. The first is how has Carl Lawson looked so far in camp? He's coming off the Achilles tear. Of course, last year he joined the team as a big money free agent. So I'm sure that they're hoping he can get all the way back and start delivering this year. Yeah, I mean, I've liked what Carl has shown so far. I don't know if it's uh, better than last year, but it's definitely as good. He's, um, I, I don't know, he was very impactful up until the uh, Achilles injury against the Packers in that um, joint practice. Uh, but um, he looks like he's ready to go. He he's a focused guy. He's he's very uh, you know determined to to do better than he did previously. Uh, I mean, he he's notorious for. I mean. He said last year he would have played on the Achilles if they would have let him. Thank God they didn't. <laughs> but that's the kind of guy he is. And uh, so I really like what we're going to see there. Uh, we should see him for the first game because, as you know, uh, Sala uh, woke up on the the, uh, the day of the Eagles uh, preseason game and decided, well, I'm not going to I'm not going to play Lawson and uh, and C.J. Mosley. We're going to just sit him out. Just little little veterans rest day. Well, that probably didn't sit well with those guys either because both want to be on the field. But I would expect to see Lawson uh, against the Falcons on Monday night. And uh, and then the rest of that edge rushing, the rebuilt edge rushing element of that Jets defense too. Uh, you know, you got Jermaine Johnson, you know, as, as the uh, other uh, first rounder behind, uh, you know, um, Sauce and, and behind um, Garrett. And uh, you got Michael Clemens who actually – had a really good opener against the Eagles with pressures and a, and a small sack. And uh, he's a very intense guy. Uh, you got Bryce Huff, uh, who didn't play a lot last year, but I, I know the coaches love him. And you got John Franklin Myers, uh, who I, th- I think is going to probably move around a lot on that line, but he's, he's uh, ticketed maybe for more inside work this year, along with Quinnen Williams, who everybody expects big things from soon and hopefully this year. So, the pass rush looks like, again, something that should do well for the Jets, and that's an area they need to succeed because that helps the offense. That helps get the ball back to the uh, to, to Zach and his um, skill players to uh, put points on the board. So it, it all looks good on paper. <laughs> Certainly an area they've tried to build out over the past couple of years, so it would be interesting to watch how that group performs this year. You mentioned C.J. Mosley. He's the sure thing in terms of uh, – playing time at non-edge linebacker. 
is Quincy Williams going to see full-time snaps next to him? Is there somebody else that could beat him out for that number two, you know, non-edge linebacker role? Well, they, they did sign Quan Alexander. So, I mean, he's, um, he's a definite uh, possibility. I mean, Quincy, I think everybody agrees on uh, coaching staff, uh, the fans, they love him when he's on. And, and it's like when he makes a, a mistake, oh, my goodness. <laughs> and, and he did that, you know, with that late hit, uh, you know, against uh, Jalen Hurts, against the Eagles. Got everybody upset. Got the Eagles upset. It got Robert Sala upset. Uh, Quincy knows that. He knows he can't do those things. Um, as soon as he gets a handle on the, um, the plays that he shouldn't make, uh, he should be a, a monster at linebacker next to Mosley. Uh, but until that happens, we may see a nice mix. Uh, you know, you have uh, Nasrul Dean and uh, Jamie and Sherwood, both those guys drafted last year. Safety's coming in, but converted to linebacker, uh, light linebackers. But I think they both added some weight in the offseason. Those guys want to make some plays too. So you, you've got a, another good mix there. Maybe we don't know exactly what we have day in and day out behind C.J. Mosley. We know C.J. is going to make tackles. We know he's going to be the great leader uh, for everybody on that defense, not just linebackers. But after that, we need to see the steadiness and, and the, the linebacker play behind that front four, which is going to be key to the Jets defense coming back from last year's, you know, pretty much, you know, some moments, some good flashes, but a lot of bad in, uh, you know, in uh, the, the low rankings that they had at the end of the year. So let's see those rankings come up. C.J. Mosley will lead them back. The defensive line should lead them back. And then, of course, the secondary, which has been rebuilt. Do you think that the coaching staff prefers Sherwood and Nasrul Dean in more kind of reserve uh, sub package roles, or is there a chance for either of them to develop into a starter? Well, I think you're probably right. Um, I don't know. Um, I haven't seen a lot of them uh, mixing it up with the ones yet, but that could change. Mm -hmm. And uh, I Sherwood, I think was, was giving, was getting a, a, a pretty good spotlight against the Eagles. He had some plays there. He was, was visible. And uh, they're going to play on specials too, which they have to do. So um, I think you're probably right. But at some point, uh, one of those two uh, gentlemen may uh, step up and um, say, you know, it's it's my turn now. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's mix and match. I mean, there may be offenses where uh, Quincy Williams is maybe not as good a fit as uh, as uh, Jamie and Sherwood. So uh, we'll see, see if that works out. But, uh, you know, I, I think um, I, I like – the the roster let's put it that way i like what they have pretty much up and down the roster on defense on offense but as we all know it's got to now go on the field and produce and there's only two more preseason games to show that and and one of them the giants probably won't have a lot of starters at on the field so uh we're heading for baltimore and, and opening day uh pretty quickly and and the jets need to pull it together real quick well, you came on, onto our field and produced the answers to our questions and some insights into these Jets. You can read his work at NewYorkJets.com. You can follow him on Twitter at RLang with an E, Jets. Randy Lang, thank you again for joining us today. Thanks a lot. Really appreciate it, guys. You can find every episode of the Team Insider Series and the rest of our podcast episodes on DraftSharks.com, on YouTube, on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you like to get your podcasts. Please subscribe. Give us a like. Uh, you know, give us a review, whatever, get notified when we have new episodes. We appreciate it. If you 
share and try to pass us along and help get more eyeballs on these episodes. For our guest, Randy Lang, for Jared Smoll and the entire Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Schaaf saying thanks so much for swimming with us.